ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان خير الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد Alhamdulillah, brothers and sisters, we are on the first Jum'ah, the first Friday after the month of Ramadan. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us everything that we put forward in that month, all of the worship, the fasting, the recitation of the Qur'an, our zakah and sadaqah that we gave, all of it we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us. We understand that Ramadan is a month that is prepared by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us to be able to do special and amazing things in. A lot of us will not be able to fulfill or achieve what we do in Ramadan. The extra ibadah, praying extra, reading Quran extra, making zikr extra, eating and drinking less, sleeping a lot less, working a little harder. We would not be able to achieve this had it not been for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitating this month for us, preparing the environment giving us an extra push so that we can fulfill a lot of these things that otherwise we would not be able to do. And so after the month of Ramadan, our perception on how we move forward, how we keep the momentum going, has to be very, very realistic. Very, very realistic. Not every single one of us and most of us, and I, I argue very few, if at all any one of us, are going to continue praying extra salawat in the evening, in the morning. Right? Are going to continue reciting Quran as, as often and as aggressively as we were. Are going to fast as often as we were in the month of Ramadan. Are going to spend as often as we were in the month of Ramadan. And understandably so, because that is what makes Ramadan special. That we have the ability to do that extra. Outside of Ramadan, how do you keep some of that momentum going? What can you do in the month of Shawwal and the months coming forward until the next Ramadan? So that you don't entirely lose out on the momentum that you build in this blessed month. And this is something the Prophet ﷺ taught us many, many things to do. Simple things for which the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is huge. And simple things are easy to do. They don't require much of your time. But what they do require is for you to have a perspective on an opportunity that comes your way. For you to be more aware of the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is still outside the month of Ramadan has prepared for you opportunities for your sins to be forgiven, for your place in Jannah to be, <coughs> excuse me, for your place in Jannah to be adorned, for so many other things to happen for you by simpler things that we can easily, easily do outside the month of Ramadan. A lot of which we are already doing, and it's just about being mindful of the fact that we are engaged in something that is giving us that ajr and that benefit. Amongst the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Birr. Al-Birr is the one who gives in abundance. 
The one who gives in abundance. And so he gave us Ramadan, but he's giving constantly throughout the rest of the year as well. And so we have to recognize and come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this name. Amongst his names is Al-Wahhab. Al-Wahhab is the one who gives without being asked for something. Giving gifts as we call it. You don't ask for these things, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them to you anyways. And amongst the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ash-Shakur. The one who appreciates at such a high level something that you do which may be so simple. But every little thing that you do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciates and rewards you for those little things. And so Allah Azza wa in the Quran, He says the same thing, one thing in, in three different ways. In three different ways. And for those that understand the nature of the Arabic language, they'll understand in more detail the differences between these things. So He says, Azza wa Jal, وَمَا تَفْعَلُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ يَعْلَمْهُ اللَّهِ That whatever you do of good, Whatever you do of good, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it, He's aware of it, he, he validates it, He will reward you for it. Ya'lamhullah. And He says, whatever you do of goodness. And this, the idea is almost like there's this big pile that is, you know, this pile of good deeds that you can do. And if you come and you take even a small bit of goodness from that pile, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, I know every little tiny bit of good that you will take from this pile. Every little thing you do of goodness, I will be aware of it, I will acknowledge it, I will validate it, you will be rewarded for it. And he Azzawajal says the same thing in a different way. And he says, And whatever you do of goodness, whatever little good that you do, then indeed, for sure, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is entirely aware of it. Entirely aware, not just of the fact that you did it, but your intention, your circumstance, your opportunity, your motivation, how you did it, you know, where you were when you, every little detail that surrounds the, the engagement of doing something small that is good, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, I am acknowledging it, I'm aware of it, I will validate that goodness. And he says, And whatever you do of good, whatever you do, whatever little you do of goodness, Allah always has been, always will be, and always is aware of every little thing that you do that is of goodness, that can be considered a good deed. And so the simple things that we can do, the little things that we can do that sometimes we might often overlook, these are things that we should not let these opportunities pass us by until as we're waiting for the next Ramadan to come, as part of our intention to keep that momentum of Ramadan going, that I want to do good. And I want to do good in ways that it's easy to do good so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me huge rewards but also acknowledges that I am someone that is continuously doing things that are good. Amongst these things the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentioned. He said, He said, honesty will lead you to righteousness and righteousness will lead you to Jannah. SubhanAllah, something as simple as making a personal policy that I am going to be a person that adopts honesty in everything that I do. I'll be honest with myself, I'll be honest with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm going to be honest with my family, in my business, in my dealings, with my friends, with my community. Whenever I have a chance to lie, I will choose to be honest. And the Prophet said, This action, you choosing to be honest, will lead you to righteousness. Automatically it will guide you to be a righteous person. He said وسلم, that this righteousness will carry you into Jannah. This righteousness will lead you into Jannah. And he said, That a person will be consistently honest to the point that he will be recorded with Allah 
as a Siddiq, the title of Siddiq, that this person is honest. And we know that Abu Bakr anhu had this title. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions his title in the Quran amongst those whom he has blessed his, uh, with his favor. We ask Allah in Surah Al-Fatiha, Sirat Al-Ladheena Adamta Alayhim, the path of those whom you have blessed. And Allah tells us who these are. Al-Nabiyeen, Wa-Siddiqeen, Wa-Shuhada'i, Wa-Salihin. They are the prophets. The Siddiqeen, the truthful, consistently truthful, honest people. The Shuhada, the, mar- the martyrs, Wa-Salihin, and those who are righteous and strive to do good. But this is something, subhanAllah, by being a person that is honest, by changing, you know, by making that conscious choice, you will automatically be guided to righteousness. And that will automatically guide you to Jannah. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal for the highest place in Jannah. And the opposite, the Prophet also said, وَإِنَّ الْكَذِبَ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْفُجُورِ That lying will lead to sinfulness. وَإِنَّ الْفُجُورَ يَهْدِي إِلَى النَّارِ And sinfulness will lead you to the hellfire. And a person will continue to lie, be a consistent liar until he is recorded. That he is recorded with Allah as a person who is a liar, a consistent, constant liar. And that is something we don't want to have in our lives. But when you do the other, when you adopt honesty, you automatically cancel out this from happening to you. Something simple we can do. Yes, it can be difficult at times, but something simple we can do and we'll see it lead us to righteousness. And inshallah, we will see it lead us to Jannah. The Prophet ﷺ also said, something simple that we can do. Every time you wake up, every day that you wake up, on every joint in your body, there is a sadaqah, a charity that is due, that you have to give to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know about zakat, 2.5%. The Prophet ﷺ said, every morning that you wake up, on, based on the number of joints in your body, and there's 360 joints or something in your body, that there is a charity that is due on each one of these joints because Allah gave you this blessing, He woke you up, He gave you this functioning body, you have to pay that charity now on this, on this blessing. And He said, فَكُلُّ تَسْبِيحَةٍ صَدَقَ Every time you say, SubhanAllah, that is an act of charity. وَكُلُّ تَحْمِيدَةٍ صَدَقَ Every time you say Alhamdulillah, it's an act of charity. Every time you say La ilaha illallah is an act of charity. Every time you say Allahu Akbar, this is an act of charity that is, that is being fulfilled. And he said, Commanding someone, telling someone to do something good is an act of charity. And telling someone not to do something bad is an act of charity. And we have 300 and again something joints in our body. We make either dhikr at least this many times or we do these things this many times. We're fulfilling that charity. And so many of us, alhamdulillah, are already doing this without even realizing if we don't keep this hadith in mind or we forget this hadith sometimes. And that's why the reminder benefits us. After every salah, we make dhikr. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. And this dhikr amounts to 100 times. And if we're doing this five times a day, we're already paying off that charity and more. We're paying off that charity and more. But even then, the Prophet ﷺ gives an easier way to fulfill this charity. He says, maybe you don't do this. Maybe this is not something that's in habit. Maybe you make excuses and you don't say these adhkar, which literally take maybe a minute, a minute and a half to do. Maybe you don't even do this, but what can you do to achieve this charity? He said, That if you pray two rak'at at the time of duha, you will fulfill that charity. You won't have to say Allahu Akbar 360 something times. You won't have to do this this many times. Just praying two rak'at at the duha time. And the duha time starts after the sunrise. We just to say, say if roughly 30 minutes after the sunrise, 
lasts up, to, up until 30 minutes before the time of Dhuhr. This is the time of Duha. The Prophet ﷺ used to pray multiple raka'at in this time. And he's given us something to do to fulfill that charity. If you're not going to say the dhikr, then pray the two raka'at. Alhamdulillah, most of us do that dhikr. We should do that dhikr. But what we can do to carry on that momentum after Ramadan, if you want to add something, add something simple. And something simple, spiritual that you can add is Salat al-Duha. Two raka'at, you have a long time to do it. Sunrise is what, 6.30 uh, nowadays. From 7 o'clock until 12 o'clock or something, or 1 o'clock even, you have the time to pray only two raka'at extra, and you get a huge amount of reward. You pay double the charity. You're paying more than what's due. You're getting extra with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Something simple, but a huge reward that it has. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, عُرِدَتْ the deeds of my people were shown to me, all of them, the good and the bad. So he was made to see all the deeds that we could possibly do that were good, all the deeds that we could possibly do that are bad. And he specifically mentions two of them here and he says, He said, I found that from amongst the good that my ummah can do, from amongst the good that my people can do, is removing something harmful from the path of the people. Now you have to ask ourselves this question. The Prophet ﷺ was shown all the good things that his ummah could possibly do. All of them. And why does he choose to mention this specific one? Why does he mention this specific thing that I want you to know about that from amongst the things that you can do that are counted as good deeds are removing things that are harmful from the path of the people. SubhanAllah, if you think about most of us that are coming from Muslim countries overseas, what is the habit of people Removing harmful things from the path or throwing harmful things in the path. A lot of us have problems with the way that you know, we keep our cities and our areas clean. And SubhanAllah, the Prophet ﷺ is telling us something that we're going to need to do, that we're going to have to resort back to in order to understand that this is something that is considered a good deed. A lot of times here, if you come on this road just to come to the masjid, Highway 9, Al-Farada Highway, I've seen this, I'm not going to lie here, I'm not going to say hundreds of times, exaggeration obviously, Plenty of times, there's always something that is, uh, you know, in the middle of the road. Whether it's a piece of wood, whether it's a trash can, a bag of trash, an old tire, a rim, or something. There's something that's fallen on the road, and it's a danger to the people that are driving if somebody doesn't move it out of the way. How many times in your neighborhood do you have the opportunity to pick up a trash can, or something has been blown after a storm into the middle of the road, or there's something on the sidewalk that shouldn't be there? How many times do you have that opportunity? And the reality is you have that opportunity more than you can imagine. But if you don't understand that the Prophet ﷺ is reminding us that simple things like this are considered good deeds, you will not pick up on these opportunities. If you are conscious that, Ya Allah, I want the chance to do good, and I want the chance to do good in simple ways, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you. You will become more aware of these opportunities where you can do little things like this and get a huge reward as well. And the Prophet ﷺ also at the end of the hadith, he said, فَوَجَدْتُ فِي مَسَاوِي أَعْمَالِهَا and I found from amongst the bad habits of my ummah, the bad deeds of my ummah, spit or mucus that would be let out into the masjid. And the Prophet ﷺ considered this a sin, spitting in the masjid. The one bad deed that he mentions has to do with uh, dirtiness and making things dirty. And the one good deed the Prophet ﷺ mentioned has to do with cleanliness and, and you know, order and organization and making sure that people are not harmed. And so these are things we can extract. Anything that you can do that is going to provide benefit for the people, as simple as it may be, 
Even if it's picking up a piece of trash, removing something harmful from the sidewalk or the road, these are things that are counted as good deeds for you. And these are things that the Prophet when he's mentioning them, he's mentioning them for a reason. Right? He could have mentioned any deed, but he chose to mention this one, meaning there is, there is a special reward, there is a high reward that is associated with this. In another hadith, the Prophet said, لَقَدْ وَجَدْتُ رَجُلًا يتقلب فِي الْجَنَّةِ بِشَجَرَةٍ قَطَعَانْ ظَهْرِ الطَّرِيقِ كَانَتْ تُؤْذِي الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That the Prophet said, I saw a man enjoying himself in Jannah because he removed a tree that was causing people harm. He removed the tree from the path of the people that was causing them harm. This person exerted effort. He removed this tree all with the purpose of making the, 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 uh, serving the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by making sure they wouldn't get hurt and harmed. And Allah rewarded this person with Jannah. You never know which one of your tiny you know, deeds will land you into paradise. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us more aware of these deeds. And the Prophet وسلم, said, Man ghada ila Subhanallah, we came to the masjid today for Salatul Jum'ah. The Prophet وسلم, said, whoever goes to the masjid at dawn or dusk, whoever comes to the masjid, goes to the masjid, Allah prepares for this person risk in Jannah. He prepares for this person, uh, you know, He prepares your place. He adds something to your palace, to your property in Jannah every time you're coming and every time you're going from the masjid to the masjid. In the morning, in the evening. SubhanAllah, we came to the masjid now and we're sitting here because it's an obligation. Allah made this an obligation on us and we're here. And as we came, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was adorning our place in Jannah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the highest place in Jannah. But He's adorning our place in Jannah because we came. We obeyed, we listened, we're here, and this is what we're getting in return. And we will see this on the day of judgment, on the day of resurrection, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us into our places. And again, we ask Allah for an easy hisab and admit us into paradise. But something simple, something so simple, many of us have the ability to come to the masjid at least one time a day. At least one time a day. And so every time you're coming, even that one time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is preparing something for you. You want to add something after Ramadan to keep the momentum going? Try to increase the times you come to the masjid on a daily basis. Try to make sure you schedule your schedule in a way that allows you to come. Make this a priority. Because now you are getting your risk in Jannah. You are preparing for your investment in paradise. And this is something that you can actively be a part of. The more you come to the masjid, the more it happens for you. And something so simple, but the reward is absolutely huge. And the Prophet ﷺ mentions in a hadith where he describes a man who was coming, who was in the desert and he was thirsty. And he finally stumbles upon a well. And so he climbs down the well, drinks his fill of water, comes back up, and he finds a dog that is panting and licking the earth out of thirst. And we've heard this hadith before. He's panting and licking the dirt, trying to get some moisture because the dog is thirsty. And the man says, this dog is as thirsty as I was. And so he goes back down the well, fills his shoe with water, holds the shoe in his mouth. This is a detail the Prophet ﷺ tells us. Because how many of us do something like this for somebody else? He holds the shoe in his mouth as he climbs back up out of the well, gives the dog water to drink. And he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciated this deed so much, he forgave him his sins. And the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they asked him, Ya Rasulullah, inna fil baha'imi ajra, inna lana fil baha'imi ajra, that we have good deeds in the way we treat animals. And he said, In every living thing, every living creature that you're good to, you're going to get an ajr, you're going to get a reward. And subhanAllah, this is another thing that we have the opportunity if we're consciously aware of it. We're in the summer now. It's very, very hot outside. 
You may find a stray cat, a stray dog, an animal that needs a little bit of water. And you remember this, the Prophet ﷺ considered this something so, so awesome that he, you know, Allah ﷻ rewarded this person with this so much that you go out of your way and you take care of a thirsty animal or an animal that is in need that you may see on the roads in your neighborhoods or your streets. All of these opportunities are available to us if we're aware of the fact that the simple little things that we do are the good that we can do, will get us ajr, we will notice these opportunities. Wallahi, a lot of times we miss them because we're not conscious that this is something good that I can do. A lot of times we won't pick up something on the road because we don't give it, uh, we, we don't consider it something that's good for us to do. A lot of times we'll miss an animal that needs good treatment because we don't consider it something that's good for us to do. But these are all little simple things that we can find the opportunities to do that will continue, that will have these blessings of Ramadan that will continue to do the goodness after the month has passed. And the Prophet said, مَن الْوُضُوء Whoever makes wudu and he perfects that wudu. ثُمَّ الْجُمْعَةِ Then he comes to the Jum'ah prayer. The first part of the hadith, the Prophet is asking us, whoever makes wudu, and he says, فَأَحْسَنَ الْوُضُوء And he makes that wudu in the most perfect way. That most perfect way is making sure that you're getting all the, the things you need to do done but also being aware of what you are doing when you're making wudu. And one of the simplest things to do, there's an ayah in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to make wudu. Ya amanu, idha qumtum ila salati, that all you who believe when you stand for the prayer, wash your faces and your arms to the elbows. Wipe your heads and wash your feet up to the ankles. Allah gives us this ayah. Look at this ayah up, memorize it. It's very easy. You already can memorize it because you already know the steps of wudu. This, it's going in the order. The only thing you're adding in the beginning is, Ya ladina amanu, O you who believe, when you stand up for the prayer. Even if you do it in your own language. But as you're making wudu, if you say this ayah to yourself, this is something that can help you focus more on the act of wudu and the worship of wudu. Because you are now consciously bearing in mind that you are in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're going to focus more on the way you make wudu. If you're making wudu really fast and rushing through it, when you're reciting this ayah, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will slow down. Because Allah is commanding you when you stand for salah, something big. You wash your faces, you make sure you do it. You wash your hands and your arms to the elbows, etc, etc. Memorize that ayah, even if it's just in your own language, even if it's just a translation. And as you make wudu, make wudu repeating this ayah to yourself, out loud, in your head, whatever. But make wudu, make, uh, mentioning this ayah to yourself and you're in obedience to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this will help you in doing ihsan in your wudu, by ha making sure you're doing your wudu properly. And he said, whoever does this in their wudu, thumma atal jum'ah, then they come to the jum'ah prayer, fastama'a wa ansata, and they're, they're listening to the khutbah, and they're silent during the khutbah and the prayer, ghufira lahuma baynahu wa bayn al jum'ah, wa ziyadati thalathati ayam, they will be forgiven for the sins that happened between this jum'ah and the last jum'ah. The bigger the act of worship, the bigger the type of sins that are forgiven. So sins are forgiven between every salah that you do, the smaller ones. Between Jummah to Jummah, maybe a little bit bigger. Ramadan to Ramadan, bigger. Right? Hajj is the ultimate worship which wipes out all of your, your sins. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to provide it for us and provide it for those that have not been able to have a means to go yet. But these are bigger the act of worship, the bigger the type of sins that are forgiven. So Jummah is bigger than just regular daily prayers. And so the bigger types of sins, inshaAllah ta'ala, are being forgiven. But not just from Jummah to Jummah. He said, was yadati thalathati ayam. And Allah will throw in three extra days. You know when you go somewhere, you get a good bargain on something? You know what do people try to do? When they really want you to buy something, they, they throw in something free, right? They'll throw in something free. This is how human beings work. 
We like, the, we like getting something that we think we don't deserve. Right? We, we like getting something that we think is, a, is, is, is an extra from the person that's giving it to us. In reality, what's happening is you're paying for everything, probably more than you have to pay. Right? But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ihsan is real. The ihsan is real. And so he's forgiving you your sins for a week. He said between one Jummah to the next, then he says, but you know what? I'm going to forgive you three days extra. Ten days total instead of seven. I will forgive you your sins out of appreciation. Out of appreciation. That ihsan is real. That ihsan is real. Why? Because we're not doing enough to even earn the week-to-week -week forgiveness. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of His mercy is, giving, is forgiving us for 10 days, more than a week that He wants to forgive us just for the mere act of worshipping Him. So being, having that perception, something we're already doing, but having that perception when you come to Jum'ah, being more appreciative of the fact that Allah is doing this for you. Allah says, if you are grateful for the blessings that you have, I will give you more. And just by being grateful for the fact that we are forgiven, inshaAllah, Allah will forgive us more. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us and to forgive us.